episode three of the Gravity Digital Marketing Agency Power Up podcast. I'm your host, Bob Gentle, and each week I'm joined by small digital agency owners and solo practitioners of all kinds, just like you. Before I get into today's guest, have you joined our Gravity Agency Power Up Facebook group yet? I have some exciting things in the pipeline, and if you join the group, you'll be the first to hear about them, as well as future podcast episodes as soon as I release them. Just check out the show notes or search on Facebook groups for Gravity Agency Power Up. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Alex Charles from Alex Digital. Alex runs a pay-per-click consultancy based in Wales and shares her journey from working in-house on the client side to doing things her way. Welcome to episode three, and let's meet Alex. This week I'm joined by Alex Charles. Uh, she's a pay-per-click specialist and the founder of Alex Digital based in Cardiff in Wales, which is here in the UK. You've been three and a half years in business with Alex Digital, before that with Liberty Crunch and Ingot. So welcome, Alex. Hi, Bob. Thank you for having me on. It's my pleasure. Thanks for making the time. So I guess before we really go too far, I'd quite like to hear a little bit of the story of what has led to Alex Digital. It's having a little snoop around your LinkedIn profile, it's by far the thing you stuck with the longest. Uh, so I would kind of get the impression that that was what you were leading up to. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So as, as a bit of background, um, I've always been passionate about marketing. Um, it's one of those things 10 years ago, I absolutely loved the concept of helping businesses grow, helping them develop and and really sort of helping people get off of, off the ground, really. Um, and sort of starting that, I sort of looked into marketing from the point of view of things like print and emails, and it was very broad at first. Um, and they started to go into the digital side of things when I was working in-house. And uh, one of the things that I did there was bring on a marketing agency to help with the digital side of things. And as soon as they started telling me what they do, their research, their process, I got very excited by it. And I thought, hang on. I'm on the wrong side of the table here. I want to yeah. I want to do what you guys do. Um, and sort of hence that that interest was born and started to go into the digital side of things probably about six years ago now. Mm. Um, and one of those things that I've always been passionate about is that um, I, I've always wanted to help small businesses, which when you sort of work agency side, it's, it's one of those things you don't touch upon too much. Um so, so in my own time, I started to build up a little bit of a client base on a, on a freelance basis. And then eventually it just reached that point where I had to make that horrible but exciting decision whether or not I was going to stay working for an agency or whether or not I wanted to go off on my own direction, um, which is what I did. It was probably the right decision. <laughs> how how long so. did you spend thinking about it? Um, to be honest with you, I think it was only about two days, which might seem like a very small amount of time to give in terms of thought. Um, but around that time, I went to a networking meeting and I saw how passionate people were there and how strongly they felt about their own business. And I thought, I have this sort of passion too, and I don't want to waste that. I want to be doing what these guys do. And from that moment, I felt like my mind was already made up. From there, it was just a matter of 
doing all the workings out and making sure it can happen and doing the research. Yeah, it's lovely when you see that happen to people because quite often I speak to people that toy with the idea of starting their own business, but that's all they ever do. And those people that actually do it, uh, you can speak to them six months later and they just can't imagine anymore working for somebody else. No, no. I, 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 from my own point of view, I, I couldn't imagine it at all. Um, not to say I didn't enjoy what I did. Um, I actually loved every second of it, but uh, I can't imagine sort of being employed by, by a company at this point. Yeah. And how long was it between deciding to go on your own and effectively walking out the door of um, Liberty and actually landing your first client? Um, so, I mean, I handed in a month's notice um, as per standard, really. And in that time, I already had a handful of clients on a freelance basis. Um, and some of those started to ask for extra work to be done. And they wanted to increase their spend because I was able to commit to that as well. So that was a really lovely starting point. But my first client I think, dropped in after about a week. It was very, very quick, to be honest with you. Um, and a lot of it was just doing a heck of a lot of networking. Yeah. And that was the best thing that I could do was just be out there meeting people all the time. And yeah, it took off extremely quickly. One thing that often, certainly I struggled with very early on was the feast and famine issue that you can be very, very busy out there looking for new work and not doing it. Mm. And then you get the work and then... Um, you you get through it and then it's it's gone and you're out looking for the next thing. In my space, that was really because I was largely doing project based work. So, are you finding that from from very early on, you were sort of largely retainer based? Um, it's a mix, if I'm honest with you. Um, I've been very very lucky that I've not experienced massive troughs. Uh, it's mainly been sort of bigger peaks and then going back to what I'd consider a normalised workload. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think when when those sort of one off projects do come in, that is when you find yourself very busy. Um, but yeah, I've been very lucky to land clients that are happy to just work on a monthly rolling basis, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, and I, I suppose I'm shooting myself in the foot a little bit by saying, well, I don't want to hold people to lengthy contracts or anything. But at the same time, I've been very lucky that my clients have stayed with me because they want to. So it's it's not been so bad. Yeah, I think that's the best approach. I mean, client retention when it's through contracts, is a very brutal tool. I've certainly been on the wrong end of that once. Um, and it doesn't make for a happy customer. If you can manage retention through service, it's a much, much healthier way to grow. Yes, yeah, definitely. And it feels more rewarding this side as well to know that my clients are happy because they haven't left. Yeah. So that's that's an instant sign. Um, you, you don't have to worry about things so much. Um you just sort of keep delivering the work that uh, they expect, go a little bit above and beyond. And uh, yeah, that seems, seems to be very rewarding on my end, that's for sure. Good. And so looking at how you promote your business, you promote it very much as a pay-per-click specialist. What sort of mm. boundaries do you put within that pay-per-click? Because obviously there's, there's pay-per-click from lots of different platforms, the obvious one being Google. But what others are you kind of working with as standard? Uh, or are you focusing very tightly on Google? Um, it's, it's not so much, to be honest. Um, the way that it's fallen is that I do tend to go to Google quite a lot um, in terms of what works best for the customers that I have. Um, but I do also help with any social pay-per-click, uh, display ads, um, 
yeah, and things like Google Shopping, and of course, not forgetting Bing as well. Yeah. So that that can be a really nice, nice platform to use as well. So it's it's not sort of tightly sort of limited, really. It's uh, anything that's paid on the internet. So that's my remit, really. Yeah, knowing how things tend to go with clients, you'll be there for one thing, but they tend to ask for lots of other things. How much bleed do you have into the sort of more traditional social or um, SEO or content marketing? Arena, is that something you're quite firm? You don't go there with your clients? How do you manage the discipline around that? Um, I mean, it's one of those things I can help out with, but more from a very, very top level. So it's things like being able to deliver some suggestions, but it's not my speciality. And I'll always make that very clear to clients that if they're looking for somebody who knows SEO, knows their content and their offline marketing, then I'll always put them in touch with somebody who can help them with that rather than trying to do it myself and actually that's not what I specialize in so it's not one of those things that I can keep up to date with yeah. whereas PPC it's so fast moving you have to keep your you have to keep your hand in it really it's one of those things you have to keep researching and keep pushing um, and to be honest if I were to start doing the same for other services I, I wouldn't really strongly say that I'm up to date with yeah. it um, so just being upfront with clients has always helped with that no I think that's that's the correct approach to take. And when, you, yeah, when you're struggling for business, I guess the temptation is to bleed into all different kinds of things. But the customer will always appreciate that kind of focused delivery of the thing they actually need most. I guess yes, yeah. it would be helpful to look maybe at your client base a little bit, if you don't mind. I quite like to understand the kinds of customers that you feel you work best with. And maybe also take a look at the kind of clients that you, you would like to work more with. I mean, it's, it's a difficult one, really, because clients for me sort of come from all different backgrounds. Um, when I first started out, it was always, I want to help the small businesses and I want to help, you know, people that, it's in, it, that have businesses that make things very trackable. So things like I was, I was quite drawn into people who have e-commerce websites, for example, because you can, you can prove what you've done. Yeah with PPC to the last penny, which can actually be very rewarding to be able to say, this is how much you've made from this. This is what the ROI is. However, as it's, as it's gone on, it seems to be that I've actually had clients from all different backgrounds. I've had sort of B2B clients as well as B2C. And it's, it's been, it's been very exciting actually. And it's, it's been all different size businesses, right from startups to actually some of the larger ones, which I never really expected to uh, take on really. Yeah. One thing I've often wondered, and I know lots of people around pay-per-click have different ways of managing this, um, but how you budget your work, how effectively you get paid, because obviously if, if you're on the more social side, you're tending to get paid a retainer for your time, whereas you've got the time mm. plus the cost of the actual ads themselves. And a lot of the time, I'm guessing, um, your time can almost be more than the budget. Um, so what, what does that typically look yes. like for you? Um, so for me, I, I charge on a basis that is for my time. Um, I don't do it percentage of clicks, click spend or anything like that, because I feel that that sort of way of working doesn't incentivize me to save people money. Um, so I prefer to keep things like my management time absolutely separate to anything they're putting into click costs. But the one thing I'll always be sure of is that they're spending more money on the clicks than they are on my services. And the reason for that is that if they're paying me more money 
then they're putting into the click costs, we're going to really struggle to get that ROI. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always making sure there's that balance um, and that work can be done in that time frame and just being realistic about expectations as well. Yeah. And I do understand that startups will typically have a much smaller budget um, but want to see some great results. So there's there's got to be a good plan in place to make sure these things are realistic and can happen for them and what we can expect to see. Yeah. So based on that, I'm guessing you must have a kind of entry-level monthly ad spend target that you're aiming at. Are you able to share what that is? Um, sure. So anybody who sort of spends between sort of 500 and 1,000 on their click costs is a nice starting point. I do understand there are people that have a lower click cost and that's fine. That's not to say I'm not willing to help them because, of course, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, but from that point onwards, I think if you can see that it's working, there's no reason as to not put more into it. So those that are seeing great ROI responses in terms of you know anything sort of anything that breaks the boundaries of what what's uh, profitable for them really, yeah. if they're getting a nice return on it, that's when I start to suggest, well, let's start putting some more money towards it and getting more back for yeah. you. Okay, that makes perfect sense. The way your business has been built up so far, it, it's very much driven by you and your time. So I guess looking ahead a little bit. You're three and a half years old as a business. And mm -hmm. that is basically the point of arrival for a business. If you've survived the first three years, you're still there. You're going to be okay. So I imagine you have some plans for the future now as to how you'd like the business to go. What would you like to grow it into if growth is really what you're looking for? What would you like Alex Digital to become? Um, I absolutely want to grow further, to be honest with you. Um, from from the point in which I sort of took this business on full time, it's it's grown itself organically, which has been very exciting to be part of and see. Um, so the next steps are future growth in terms of there's always going to be more work to come in, which is lovely. Um, that does sound a bit presumptive, but uh, in terms of looking forward to the future, um, if the growth continues at this rate, I'd be looking at things like bringing on another person. Um, so that that pretty much is the direction. I've I've got my eyes on, on the lookout at the moment for some office space. Um, and yeah, if, from there, I'd like to start hiring at some point. And the main thing that I hold close to my heart is that I really want to give people a really nice starting point in their careers. So if I could be part of that, that would be wonderful because I think we've all been there in that position where we sort of, we've either finished school or university and we step out into the world and we think, right, I think I know what I want to do, but where do I start? And quite often you can sort of be hit back by a lot of different issues in terms of lack of experience, for example. I, I hear that being a common complaint for a lot of people is that they know what they want to do, they're passionate but nobody will bring them on because they've got very little experience. And I'd, I would love to be able to give people that starting point and help them with a lot of training opportunities and the chance to work on some exciting clients and really start kickstart their career because I don't want to see people struggle the same way that I think maybe I did in the start of my career. And so being able to be part of that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, and yeah, just, just hoping to grow from there, really. I think the end by the end of this year, I am looking at that being the hiring point. So starting to sort of move the January shift where people are looking for new jobs, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that would be a nice, nice place to go and uh, go from there, really. Yeah. And I think where you are in the world in Wales and is very similar to where I am in the world in Scotland. 
these little businesses of ours actually make quite a big difference to people. Um, mm. Because if you can't get that first step on the ladder, it really holds your your career back a lot. Uh, people will often slide into things they maybe are less passionate about or have less potential for them. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think uh, it's, it's probably a great advantage to have a small business like this because you're going to bring somebody on who's going to have a wide range of things to do. It's not just going to be just doing one job for the rest of your life and you, you're a bit of a cog in the machine. It's it's nice to have that experience with somebody who's a little bit smaller and you get to see things from all sorts of points of view as well. Yeah. Um, and and pe- like you said, people do sort of end up doing something they don't particularly want to do or they, they feel obliged to stay there. And with things like you know housing prices on the rise and it's a little bit difficult for people to find their feet with that, people do have the tendency to feel loyal to a job for a long time even if it's not what they're passionate about so uh yeah i I think it's uh, nice being in this part of the world where uh there's there's a lot of talent out there and even even in just just in south wales there's there's a lot of talented people that uh i would love to be able to give them that that uh step up yeah one thing i'd also like to look at is how you promote the business because three and a half years you've been fairly successful. And you've spoken a lot about networking. I know you're doing a lot of networking, but looking at the more taking your own medicine, how do you <laughs> handle your own sort of digital marketing? That's that's where I'm very lucky, I think, is that being that the business is digital marketing, I, I'm in a good position to be able to promote the business myself. So I do have my own AdWords running. Um, so that's that's been quite useful so far. Um, and that's something I've definitely started in the last couple of months. And it's it's been quite successful actually which is which is great um but then it's also the other side of things going down the slightly traditional route and actually just picking up the phone to local businesses the people that i particularly want to help and want to work with um it really is and it's it's one of those things that's absolutely terrifying (laughs) and nobody wants to do it in reality but at the same time it's it's a great way to get in touch with people that uh, that you genuinely want to work with, um, and it's nice. Yeah, you're right. Cold calling when you are the local business or you are actually good at what you do, um, and it's appropriate. It can be incredibly effective. Looking, I guess, then because you're quite focused in the service niche that you offer, are you finding that you have strong relationships or partnerships with people who work on the peripheries of that, so social or search or content or video or that kind of thing, or are you sort of tend to stay in your lane? Um, no, I do, I do reach out quite a bit. Um, it's always good to have good contacts in sort of similar industries and people that do the same sort of thing. Um, I mean, I, I, I actually have good relationships with people that, uh, <laughs> that do exactly what I do as well. It's, it's always good to, uh, to reach out, even though many people sort of stay in isolation and say, oh, I, would, I don't want to talk to a competitor, that kind of thing. But actually, it's it can be really, really rewarding and very interesting because you're going to see things yeah. from different points of view. Um, and in definitely in my industry, the, the best thing that I can have is contacts with traditional marketing people and contacts within sort of web web development as well. So that's that's something that's very useful because that will be always that will always be something that somebody will come to me and ask, "Do you do this? Yeah. Who can I speak to? If not, okay." I think we're, we're getting towards the end and I have a couple of questions that I wanted to ask, which were much more about what people can do for themselves. 
as you've probably discovered, a lot of people dabble with their own AdWords and there's a point at which that's appropriate. So what I suppose is the most common issue you've come across when people have been doing it themselves that if they were to just do it differently, they'd see much better results? Um, so the, the main thing that I come up against that I find is quite typical is when people start with their own AdWords, they, they, know, they know just enough to make it run. Um, and one of the quickest optimizations that I find is that adding match types to something can be very good. So when, when you put your, your search terms in there or your AdWords, um, your keywords, a lot of people will be inclined just to put in what's called broad match, which means that you don't have any modification to it. Um, but simply by putting things like square brackets around these terms means that it's going to be exact match, which means that your adverts will only show up when somebody types that exact search in. So an example of where I've seen this before is where somebody was advertising some clothing and there were just too many similarities inside the accounts. So they had things like trainers and red trainers, but then these ads were also showing up for blue trainers, um, which instantly mm. turns people off. They don't want to click on an ad that's irrelevant. So that is probably one of the most common quick fixes that I find in an account. Um, and it's, it's one of those easy mistakes to make. Um, and sometimes it can work to do it, um, but more often than not, actually, it's it's good to experiment with the different match yeah. types in there. But to be honest, there are so many different things that uh, that you can that you can pick up on in an AdWords account. So it's you know, if, no two businesses the same, and quite often their AdWords accounts are going to be very different as well. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Um, certainly something I'm going to go and have a look at. Another question, again, is similar, but for people who are doing it themselves, and that might be on the client side, they're doing their own AdWords, or small, more general agencies that are taking the first steps with their clients into AdWords, at what point should they start thinking it's time to bring in a specialist to just do the AdWords account? Funnily enough, I've been in both positions here. So I've, I've been in the position where I've been sort of stepping into the world of Ad, AdWords and trying my own campaigns when I was in-house. Um, and I found that the point for me in which I brought somebody in was the point where I realized I didn't have the time to manage it properly. And at that point, I knew that if I'm spending all this time researching and I'm not managing the account properly because I've got other commitments, you know, as I said, it's like... <laughs> marketing can be very broad sometimes that was the point where I realized that it's probably more profitable in the long run even though there's an upfront cost for management it was it was that moment that I realized that they could probably save me money over time and lo and behold bringing in an agency to do so did yield that exact response so that I I would say that point where that you're not looking at the account as much as you know you should be and there's room to actually save a bit of money by actually going to somebody else. That that would be the point to reach out. Yeah. And what about having a, a one-off AdWords account review audit, go through fixing things as a project? Is that something that you would look at or AdWords agencies do typically look at? It is something that I've seen a lot of people do. Um, it is something that I do offer. Um to be honest with you, it's something that I see a lot of freelancers offering, which is just sort of that one-off account audit and then just a list of sort of what to do next and different steps to take on it. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it is something that's quite common, actually. And the one, one thing I would say is that it's, 
it's great to have one of those audits, especially if you've got the time to be able to fix the errors and sort of make new next steps, that kind of thing. But if you can sort of do it on a consultancy basis, that can be a lot better and more rewarding. Um, for example, if you sort of do it on a three-month basis where somebody will audit the account, send through their suggestions, in about three months' time, there'll be a different set of data to look at. Yeah. And if somebody can then look at that from there and say, right, these are the next steps, and the same way that they can vi- advise on what's going on in the PPC world. I mean, it does change very quickly. So it, it's very useful to have somebody to step in at different intervals rather than just a one-off basis. Yeah. Okay. Then I guess I'm going to wrap things up there. You've been a really, really good guest. Very, very, very clear. I'm not going to have to edit anything. Um, but where can people get hold of you if they do want to partner with you, sort of bring you in as a as a consultant with their own clients? How would you like people to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way is probably just to drop me an email. So my email is info at alexdigital.com. Um, and if people want to have a little explore of the website, that's absolutely fine as well. So that one is simply alexdigital.com. Um, and that's that's probably the best way to get and get in touch, really. All right. Well, thank you very much. You've been great. I'm so glad you can make the time. And hopefully you can come back another time and tell us all about pay-per-click maybe in a bit more detail. But for now, thank you very much, Alex. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I love listening to Alex's journey and I hope you got something out of it too. If you run a smaller solo practice related to digital marketing, then I'd love you to get in touch. I'm really keen to interview listeners for the podcast. So no matter what stage your business is at, get in touch and let's have a conversation. I'd also welcome you to join our Gravity Agency Power Up Facebook group. I have some exciting things in the pipeline and if you join the group, you'll be the first to hear about them, as well as future podcast episodes as soon as I release them. Check out the show notes Um, or just search on Facebook groups for Gravity Agency Power Up. Before you go, take a second to subscribe through your podcast player so you don't miss the next episode. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Alex for making the time and to you for listening. And see you again next time. Mm